It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. How with me uh, from London, England, Jenny Beckford. Jenny is a life coach, right? She works with teens and she has a very powerful story as to how she, she got to where she is today. And she's here to share her story and what she does with teens. And I do trust that you're going to get some valuable lessons out of this. Jenny, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So Jenny, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do now, uh, but maybe perhaps let's start from what led you, what brought you where you are today? Okay. So, um, yeah. Hi. So, yeah. Thank you, um, Fred, for giving me the opportunity to come on your platform Absolutely. today. The pleasure is yeah. all mine. Thank you. So, yeah, for me, um, my story just goes right the way back um, to when I was was growing up. So um, I come from a single parent family. So I um, grew up with my mom and my brother and um, we lived on um, what we call, I, th I think in America, they call it on the block or the projects. So um, people have lovely given me the name Jenny from the block. That's kind of stuck for years. Yes, so yeah like jayla yeah 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 every time i say my name's jenny and they go i'm jenny from the block i'm like okay great fantastic okay so um yeah so mum um she really really worked really hard to provide me and my brother um and you know really did her best to really make sure that we had food on the table and just you know the necessary things and sometimes kind of went out of a way to try and get nice things for birthdays and um, Christmas and, and what have you. So mum was really kind of busy in terms of making sure that keeping the roof over their head. So sometimes with my brother, you know, we kind of, uh, I wouldn't say have to fend for ourselves, but it was more like mum's focus was making sure that she provided for us. So um, fast forward to a few years after that, um, when I became 22, I um, became pregnant with twin girls and had my daughters at 23. So when I had my daughters, it was quite young. Mum was a bit like, you're really young, but I was really determined, you know, I'm gonna have these girls and go back to work. Um, and I remember having my daughters and going back to work when they were six months old. I think I'd probably been about, yeah, was 23 at the time. And remember just getting up in the mornings, taking them, um, I think at the time, um, putting them in a cab, we were in a cab, dropping them off to the childminders, going to work and picking them up and doing that. And even the job that I had, they were shocked that how they, they didn't want to take me on because they thought that, okay, we've got this um, woman who's, who's just had kids. She's probably not going to be at work and whatever, but I used to always get to work early and, um, it managed to start to get them in a nursery around the corner from work. So literally was getting into work at 8.30 and they'll be like, where's your daughters? I was like, oh, they're at the nursery. They're like, but it's 8.30, you start work at nine. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. So I was really going to work early, showing up. And then within six months, they promoted me. When my daughters were six, um, me and their dad had gone their separate ways and I became a single parent. And at that time I felt really um, resentful towards their father. Um, I was kind of, I would say, you know, we kind of parted amicably and I said, look, you know, at the end of the day, make sure that you provide for your daughters and then we can take it in turns. You can have them every other weekend. And we was like, cool. So as that was going on, um, 
I felt really resentful towards him because sometimes he would support us financially, the children, sometimes he wouldn't. And it felt like the brunt was on me. And I started to feel like a failure because I'm like, here I am with these two girls, um, kind of struggling to make a way. They don't have a dad. Um, and it was really kind of getting to me. So I built up this kind of sort of um, bitterness towards their dad. And every time somebody asked me, how is he? I would just always talk bad about him. There are a lot of people, Jenny, who would would let life stop there right they they would have every reason not to pursue um whether going back to work because if one you have kids at a young age and um who are young and and, and now there's less separation from the dad and why didn't you stop there and i'm and i'm playing the devil's advocate here right what what, what made you want to continue jenny by you know putting them in school and, and going to work and, and making sure that you had that foundation. Because a lot of people stop, they, they, either, find, they either find reasons to either, you know, just, just not, not going at all and, and, mm. and, and just give up on life. What was the drive like? What was it that kept motivating you to, to, do, to, to keep doing your best for, for your kids and going back to, to work and, and investing in yourself and I, your daughter? I think for me, um, I always saw my mum, she always was always working. I don't ever remember seeing my mum like on welfare on benefits at all. That was one thing I remember. My mum was always working. And I think that kind of worth ethic, it kind of fell onto me. So when I became pregnant with my daughters, I had a job and then I went on maternity leave. And then the job that I was going to go back to, I just knew that I couldn't go back to because it was kind of sort of entertainment, entertainment agency. And I'm like, well, how am I going to look after two girls and go to, to work? But I always kept going as if it wasn't, their dad was like, I can help. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I'm quite independent. So for me, it was like, there's no choice. Mm -hmm. And um, I found a new job. And I remember saying to their dad, I'm going to go for this job because mm -hmm. this is perfect. And he was like, why don't you just stay home and I'll look after you or look after the girls. I'll provide for you. And I was like, no, I want my own independence. I want my own money. So I remember even causing a big thing. The first day of the new job, he was supposed to look after the, my daughters. And he was like, oh, I can't can't you just tell them you're going to the dentist? And I'm like, it's a new job. I can't do this. So mum stepped in. She looked after them. She's like, you go. And um, I was determined that, you know what, I'm going to keep going for these girls because like they didn't ask to be born. And I think for me, because it's not just one, I've got two and I'm like, there's two of them are depending on me. Um, and I just need to do what I need to do. So yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, the beginning when I started to go, I decided to go back to work, I was like, right, I need to get them to start sleeping through the night because getting up every three hours, yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. So I got them into routine and noticed that they started to sleep through the night and I just kept going on. And I think for me, it's because of my daughters and even now, even if there's times that I'd be like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I always think about my daughters yeah. and always being that person that they can look up to, to say that my mum never gave up. So that's what kept me going in terms of not giving up the job. And, and how was it like um, as a single mom? Because I know even, you know, with, 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 with two parents, I mean, it's, it's tough raising kids, right? How, how did you do it as a single mom um, with young kids going, going to work and, and just, you know, not having that emotional support and that financial support? Uh, not that you weren't working, making your money, but just, of course, it, it is always that supplemental income, right? Having the two parent home and all. How was it like even for your girls growing up without, without their dad? What did that do to them emotionally and what effect did it have on them growing up without their dad being there for them? Um, I think, yeah, for my daughters, cause they were very close with their dad. 
So it was a bit like when we decided we we're going to split up, like, they'll be like, where's dad? And for a long while, I'll be like, he's at work. And I'm like, how long am I going to keep this up? Yeah. You know, they're not silly. Um, uh, so in the ends, they were a little bit, I think because they started to get to see him every other weekend, mm -hmm. um, and there were six at the time, mm -hmm. it wasn't that bad, but um, they're always close with their dad. Um, so for me, I knew with them, you know, they were like, oh, dad, why, why don't you live with us anymore? Yeah. And it's a bit like, oh my God, what, what, what are we going to say? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but we kind of remained amicable in terms of when he'd come and get the, the girls, we'd, we'd be speaking and stuff. Um, but even for me, I was kind of like, I felt like a failure because I'm like, this is what I didn't want in the first instance. Cause me and my, their dad got together quite young, I was 19. Mm -hmm. We literally, we were together for 10 years. It was the first serious relationship I'd ever been in, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I didn't never dream for one minute that we would have gone our, our separate ways. So for me, I felt like there was times when I'd want to share what was happening with the girls, you know, um, but no, he was, he, you know, obviously we're not together. So for me, I felt like a bit of a failure. Sometimes I felt um, uh, a, a sense of resentment, yeah. you know, and um, came in for you? yeah, there's a resentment. Yeah. And after a while, it was a bit like when he was promising to do stuff for the kids and he didn't do stuff for the kids, then they get let down. Then it's like, oh, you know, dad said he was going to do yeah, this and he yeah. didn't do this. So it was a lot of that. And that was annoying me because I'm like, well, these are my daughters. I don't, if you're not going to be able to do something for them, just don't say it. And I remember one point saying to him that, you know, just be there for them. If anything, you know, let's forget about finances and stuff. Just be there for them. So for me, it was a lot of inconsistency uh, with my daughters. And, and that, again, really started to um have like a negative impact on me and then in the end i i couldn't stand him in the end that that's how it got to and it, it, it and it, and then i always was that mum that would say i would never speak bad about you know their dad and then sometimes i'd make a little remark oh yeah is that your dad and you know caught myself doing that and that really wasn't me um so yeah it was really a lot of that resentment built up anger frustration you know i've got to do everything it's always me you know i obviously we've had the kids why is it always me everything's yeah. mum you know so it became that kind of um sort of uh, dialogue that was going on between like in a dialogue for myself yeah is that what led you into um into what you're doing now as far as you know being a life coach for teens and, and, and helping them with personal development stuff was that was that experience a part of that was that what drove you into yeah um so part part of what i went through had led me into that um so when i a few years um sort of down the line um just before I decided to do the life coaching, um, I actually started up my own business um, the day that Michael Jackson died. I decided I'm going to start mm -hmm. a, a recruitment agency, and I, and I was I was that person that was always quite resilient. I'm always trying new things. Left my job, yeah, I'm going to have a set up a business, but not realised how difficult it could be. So I remember doing that for a year, um, and then decided, hey, I'm going to do a degree, something that I never did when I was younger because I had the girls. So I remember doing my degree, I graduated at 40 and my daughters were there. And the time when I was studying for my degree, um, I was 38, 39, they were doing their GCSEs. So it's literally, I'm pulling my hair out because I haven't studied for years, like almost at breaking point, but they're all natural. And I'm wondering, are these girls doing any studying? Because they're always out. And um, every time I say to them, are you doing study? And they're like, yeah, we're doing it. Don't worry about it. So I'm like, I wonder if my girls are even going to pass. So I'm worrying about them, worrying about me. And then they got their GCSEs and exceeded all their grades. And I was like, well, w w when did you do this? They were like, we were always studying. So they 
they passed and suppressed their exams. So I was really happy about that, got all the top grades. And then um, I um, graduated, um, got a 2-1, I did a BS honours in uh, business and enterprise. And it was, I felt so proud because I'm like, well, I've got to do this degree because now if they're doing their studies, if I if I buckle out, it's going to look bad on me. Yeah, so, so they, they came to the graduation. You, right? Yeah. If the girls are passing, mama better buckle down and make sure. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my yeah, goodness, I yeah. better get it. Yeah. I better get it together. So yeah. it was such a nice moment. They came to see me graduate. Um, and that time they were what, 16, 17. So for them, their mum graduating at 40 is like, oh my goodness. So I felt that was like a proud moment. You, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a really proud moment for, for me. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Wow. yeah. You, you, let's, yeah. let's go back to that. So, so how did you get over, you know, that resentment piece? Because I, uh, Jenny, there, there are a lot of, that's another place that a lot of people get stuck, right? Whether it's bitterness, whether it's unforgiveness, for, for the right reasons. We're not minimizing the events that, that led to yeah. that. But not everyone is able to snap out of that. There are a lot of people who remain in that. I've seen families, I've seen relationships get destroyed just because mm. people choose to hold on to that resentment. Um, at what point do you decide to, to, to let go, right? And, and, and how easy was that for you to, to kind of get out of that? Okay, so yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's only been in the last, I say, I would say three years. So imagine my daughters were six when we'd split up. Um, they're 24 now. Wow. So it's literally in the past three years that I decided to um, forgive forgive their dad. Why did you um, decide? And that's what, simply what because, of, what yeah, decide? what made me decide? Um, well, when I was 43, it was about three years ago, I went on a self-development journey and um, that all resulted in, um, at the time I was in a long-term relationship and that um, broke down. It was in a relationship that really didn't serve me, but you know, it, it just happened. And it was that time when um, by accident, I just, I got into getting um, a life coach. I never knew anything about life coaching. Um, and prior to that, I've been working with young people but doing mentoring and coaching, not realizing it was coaching at that time and um, invested in my very first life coach. So when I invested in that life coach, she really gets you to look at yourself, um, do a lot of inner work, look at how you've been shown up, looking at the relationships that you, 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 you've had, looking up um, at your family relationships, maybe intimate relationships, have you forgiven people? And that forgiveness thing, she's really tough on that. Like you, you can't get past the first stage without forgiving. Yeah. So she, she would be like, you know, I'm sure there's a few people here that you all have to forgive because we're in a group. Yeah. And um, like, obviously their dad kept coming up and I'm like, I ain't saying sorry to this man because I haven't done anything. And then one day I just remember, um, I was like, well, I'm going to pick up the phone to him. And, um, I picked up the phone and I, I said to him, look, you know, I'm really sorry about, um, like for years, like I've bad mouthed you, you know, I've had nothing good to say about you. And, um, I just want to say that, you know, I'm sorry and I forgive you. And can you forgive me for, for being like that? And he turned around and said, you know, you've done a really good job with them wow. girls and, thank you so much. I know I didn't do what I was supposed to do, but I really thank you for, for doing that. Wow. And then after I put the phone down, it was like a weight had just yeah. gone from me. Yeah. Um, you know, and the resentment just went. And um, like, even now, I mean, th their dad, he, he lives in America and he's married and stuff, but he checks in with the girls, he's very close with the girls. And sometimes he'd be like, how's your mum?" And put your mum on the phone and yeah. like, totally, we're, at, we're just fine. But before I have nothing good to say about this yeah. guy. Yeah, but what I want to say is like to people that are listening that obviously I'm not saying that 
I condoned in him not supporting right, right. and my daughters and things like that. But what I'm saying is if you don't forgive, it kind of eats you up. It now, does. I had an illness for um, uh, 24 years, an autoimmune disease, rheumatoid arthritis. And just looking at doing the internal work, I've noticed that some of that illness that I've had, it had prolonged because I was always bitter and always angry. And I didn't know that, you see, so... It's, it's interesting you say that, Jenny, because yeah. it's, it's been proven scientifically. Research has proven that a lot of people who are who have brought upon themselves sicknesses, disease, high blood pressure, strokes, and things like that because of unforgiveness. This is actually research done by one of the mm -hmm. hospitals here. I think it was Mayo Clinic. Um, that, you know, by choosing to forgive or by letting go of some of this bitterness and anger and, and hatred and all that, people have actually been healed from, from the sicknesses, from ailments that have been plaguing them for years. So it's interesting mm -hmm. that you are able to tie that, that, yeah. that to it. I guess you're, you're living proof, right, that, that, that this actually works. And it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die, right? It's, it's, right. it's that powerful. So it's 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 really it's really great to hear you link that you know your your health challenges to, to what your um to, to that unforgiveness and how you felt that relief when you when you chose to forgive it that's really that's really powerful yeah it's um you know for me it's just like you know when you embrace forgiveness you know you can embrace peace mm -hmm. hope gratitude and joy and you can make way for things to come 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 to you you know yeah. because forgiveness it kind of sets you free from the past. It set me yeah. free from the past because now when I look back to the past when I was with their dad, I'm just happy about everything. I don't even think about, you know, how angry I was or mm. whatever. So letting go of all the grudges and, and kind of, it makes way for improved health. Wow. And that's what's happened with me. And obviously you have to get to that space when you're ready to do that. It's not an overnight process. As yes. I said, I've just said it's it was just only three years ago yes. <laughs> that I've actually made peace with the past yeah. and decided to move forward. Um, and, you know, this is all tied to your finances and things like that. You know, yes. people are blocking their finances by not forgiving. And I was one of them as well, because my finances was in a it, it was in a state of disrepair. Like money was just coming to me. And then I'm like, where's it gone? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and. I well, didn't realize that because of, yeah, it's yeah, it's a spiritual thing. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot, a lot of people know that. And I only was able to find that out when I got the coaching myself, I paid for the coach, self-invested in myself. And was, she gave us so much work that we had to do. Like, it's almost, you have to be looking in the mirror at what you've been doing. You know, you, you there's so much work that a lot of the past comes up that you have to deal with. So that was coming up for me. And that was something that, was my turning point. So in terms of the failed relationship that was in, that's what led me to get the coaching. That's what led me to forgive um, not only the the, the, the twins dad, um, the past ex-partner that I had, I literally picked up the phone. He was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, he, he was like, but it wasn't, I was like, it's fine. It's just like, I just want to let go of the past. Yeah. And I was able to do that. Wow. So for me, it's, I started to be able to, um, you know, let go of the past. Yeah. And then when I made peace with the past, then I was like, right, um, I'm, I know what my purpose is now. I'm, I'm going to go out there and serve young people. So I registered the company of Greater Elevation. Then I started to set up the online coaching business and literally started to um, 
I always have this thing that I want to aim to inspire you from all around the world, yeah. right? That's my thing. My thing, the goal is to go global, not just the UK, all over. Yeah. And as I started to do affirmations based on that, um, I had a partnership, um, I think just four months into me starting the business, um, somebody from Jamaica reached out to me. I was in a sort of a networking group because as I started to grow in terms of confidence, yeah. I started to invest in business mentors. I think I got kind of um, obsessed with self-development, yeah, yeah, um, because yeah. like, I was always putting out for programs. Like the past three years, I invested so much in my mind. Like I, that's just, you know, for me, I am my greatest asset. Yeah. And obviously for me to pour into these young people and the families, I need to make sure that I'm given a hundred percent of value. So um, there I was set up my company, had a partnership with an organization in Jamaica, was reaching out to young people. And this is all virtually, so this was great. And um, yeah, things just started happening for me. And then I knew the next thing that I needed to get right, I've, I've done the forgiveness, I've worked on myself, now my health. Yeah. Because for 24 years, I've had this autoimmune disease and before, before it just ain't going away. Before we get to got to ask yeah. you this, because time and time again, I've had um, guests on, on, on this podcast who, who's who found their purpose and their mission through some of the most challenging moments of life, right? And whether it's the adversity or the failed business or or the death of someone, we're not minimizing any of that because they're not fun, yeah. but in many, many cases, they've, they've, they've found the, the purpose. And it's, it's what I've often seen is, is that sometimes when we go through those dark moments in life, when we go through those valleys, of, and they're not fun, but mm. sometimes, well, let me say, in most cases, they kind of lead us towards our purpose. Would you would you agree with that? I mean, it's just oh been, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 we yeah. loathe them, right? We don't we don't like the experience because they're not yeah. fun, and we want to get out of them. But if we stay long enough, I mean, it's like I mean, I don't want to say it's a good thing to go through those difficult moments, mm. but but sometimes we gotta we gotta ask ourselves, what is this experience teaching me or what am I supposed to be learning mm. out of this? And and maybe when we we stay connected enough versus maybe not being quick to get out of it, I'm sure a lot of us can find meaning, significant meaning, right? Out of out of the experiences, those painful ones, albeit that that we're going through. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely that definitely resonates with me because um just before I got into um working on myself the self-development and going back to church like when i had been in that relationship and i split up with the with the person and like literally it was as if somebody had died like literally like crying and it was so bad because i was trying to hide it from my daughters i think they were um probably like 20 20 22 at the time 20 probably yeah 2021 20, at the time trying to hide it from them and they know me and um i was like oh my goodness now um my daughters are seeing me in this state kind of thing you know you're right mom you know let's pray together and it was really bad and i was like you know what i need to get out of this sort of dark shell because this is not me because i'm always a person that's always upbeat and always um smiling and everything like that so that kind of that kind of moment took a lot out of me and i was like i'm never going to go back to that again so for me, it's a bit like, because me and my daughters are quite close. And I think about it, um, you know, I remember my daughter making a joke uh, one day when, when I was going through the breakup and she was saying, look, mum, you know, Edris Elba, man, he's been married so many times, man. It's, it's going to be all right, you know. And we, we have this ongoing joke about it. And it was funny because when I'd gotten over it and 
COVID had came, um, Idris had got COVID. So I remember ringing my daughter up. I said, oh my God, Idris has got COVID. And she was like, mum, that Idris thing is over now. But it was funny because I've got, I've got twins and they're one minute apart and they're identical. And one twin, she's a bit like, she does not like touching feely. So when I was going through that, she was hugging me and stuff. And she was like, look, right, when you're over this, there's no me, no all this hugs and everything like that. So when I started to get over it, she was like, hey, back off now. You're okay now. And we kind of have that little banter about it. Um, so yeah, so when I decided that I'm going to start this business, I said to my daughters, because I'm really close to them, what do you think about me um, setting up a business for coaching for young people? And I remember my daughter's going, Mom, ain't nobody going to want to talk to nobody about their, their business. No kids don't want to talk about that. But at the time, because I did the coaching on myself, because I usually always used to seek external validation from them as young as they were. But as I'd done the coaching, I was able to turn around and say, <clears throat> yeah, great. Thanks for your opinion, and guys, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. So I just went for it um, and literally you know, um, you know, started getting clients from, from nowhere, speaking engagements, but started to really work on myself, like started to do things like attend um, Toastmasters to help with public speaking, uh, attended another mastermind with another um, coach helping me to do public speaking. Um, I've got a coach in Australia. I st literally, I have a coach for every area of my life, right? And people go, why? And I was like, you don't have to do that because I started off with one coach, but I just became obsessed. I've got a health coach, relationship coach, uh, life coach, business coach, you name it. Um, and for me, it's like, I started to work on it. Even got a money a finance coach as well. So really started to work on separate areas on my life and started to start to see a turnaround. I'm, I'm, I'm studying a master's in coaching wow. psychology. Wow. And the reason for me is that is because I want to give value yes. to the families that I'm serving. So literally when I finish my master's, I'll be 48. So what I'm saying to anybody that is thinking that it's too late, it's never too late to start yeah. your purpose, your dream. If you know you're really good at something, go for it. Don't let your age hold you back. Your past does not define your future. I love yeah? that. And yeah, so it's really just going for what you want and showing up. But for me, what I would say is, really uh, invest in yourself because you are your 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 greatest asset and you're not only leaving a legacy on uh, on your daughters you're, you're living it on on on, on, on teens right um, yeah all over the world and uh, jenny i know you had started speaking to you know whoever was listening about about not giving up and pursuing their dream but but i, I want i want to specifically because this is something that i normally do uh by, by having you speak specifically to someone who's listening to you or watching us right now who may Maybe a single parents, Jenny, maybe maybe they're stuck in the past or, or maybe they're going through that resentment um, or, or bitterness um, experience that 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 you went through. And, and maybe they don't know how to snap out of it. Right. Maybe they're holding on and maybe they want to forgive. Maybe they can't. Maybe things aren't just going too well. Um, I want you to speak to that person freely right now who may be listening or watching and, and, and just address them uh, in your in your own words as we kind of wrap this thing up. Yeah. So what I want to say to anybody, um, you know, particularly maybe single mothers out there that are going through sort of a tough time is never give up um, and really just know that whatever you put your mind to, you can actually do that. And, and I think one of the things for me is it's all about having um, a community around you. Yeah. So even if you can start to have even like one person, because once you start to find that inner peace and i know it's difficult in terms of you might be going through similar situation to what i went through you know the bitterness the frustration try your best to kind of let go of that and then once you start letting go of that 
you'll be able to attract um, all the good that you deserve and you desire. Because right now, like people that I've got around me, there's people that I've got around me that I've not, not even met that have been like sort of virtual. Um, you know, I have so many people that I can check in with, but it's all because I've built up the community and it's all because of what I attract. So what I'm saying is, is that, yes, you can have um, down days, but don't stay down for too long. Because once you're down there, it's very hard to pick yourself back up. So if you can find people on the same journey as you, it's going to start to help you in terms of your mindset and um, it's going to help you to get that support that, that you may need. So that, that has worked for me. Um, as I said, I started off with just me by myself and then um, got into a coaching community and there were a lot of women that some I've met face to face and some I still haven't met. We talk virtually. So get yourself a good kind of social um, group around you if you can you can start off with one person um, and I find that if you even have a person that you can call as your accountability buddy yes. that means you can check in on each other to make sure that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing in terms of going for your goals and um, maybe even thinking about starting a course at this age like me or even starting up a business I started up my business with no money by the way so before people think oh I had no money. There was no, I don't even have a website Like literally I started up with Facebook and Instagram and a laptop. There was no money involved. So all I want to say to you listeners is just don't give up and your age. Um, even if you don't have money, that's not an excuse because I'm coming from that, from that background. Yeah. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Story with our, with our listeners and, and to your listeners, right? This is this is really what it's all about. So if you've been touched, Jenny, what's before we wrap up? What's uh, what's your website? Because I'm sure you know there's folks who probably want to learn. Yeah. So at the Jenny. moment, fantastic. So on the moment, um, website is in process, but okay. for the time being, you can find me on Facebook okay. under Jenny Beckford. So it's J E N N Y B E C K F O R D okay. B for Beckford, and on Instagram, you can find me on um, Greater elevation so you can find me on those two platforms um yeah and as i said any parents out there of teens you find me on facebook and um literally i'll add you to the group and we're good we're good to go yeah very well and i know it's late in the uk so we've got to let you go but thank you again jenny thank for coming you. on and to your listeners for tuning in and if this has been inspiring this is what we do what we do right uh, visit our, our itunes page and um we'll appreciate our uh, a comment and you can you can subscribe there and keep uh, be kept informed of um, any um, of all the latest episodes that come in again Jenny thank you so much for coming on and to your listeners uh, for joining us and until next time stay well thank you very much thank absolutely. you absolutely